Bickley and Marotta. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley Blast. At 5.09 a.m. this morning, a local television station went live to a reporter standing in the dark outside an empty footprint center. Ah, yes, a pre-sunrise scene setter from an arena that isn't even hosting a basketball game today. Welcome, folks, to the dawn of a new era, and welcome to the circus. And that is because tonight marks the beginning of the KFD era in Phoenix, as in Kevin freaking Durant, and it happens in the most obscure way possible. On the road, in Charlotte, in the middle of the week, where secondary tickets are being sold for 23 bucks. And yet, in the world of basketball, nothing else matters. This is going to be so compelling, so dramatic, and so weird, and I'm fairly certain that a new owner has never, ever taken over a title contender at trade deadline, and then dealt for one of the greatest players in history on his first day at work. It's also going to be disorienting to pour all of our hopes and dreams into all of these new faces. Players are who are newcomers to a journey that's been 55 years in the making. And over the weekend, I talked to a person who simply insisted that Phoenix cannot have a parade without the Twins, without Mikhail Bridges and Cam. Except they can have a parade without Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges because Kevin Durant can make that happen. He gives us everything we need, including the attention we could never get on our own when our sons were setting franchise records for regular season victories. So step on up, get your tickets, get your program, get your popcorn, and get in your seat. The circus is back in town. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who have two great locations and they make luxury affordable. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Vic, you gave me a great idea. I did. For the first home game next Wednesday, mm-hmm. Suns, Oklahoma City Thunder. Starting uh, starting uh, lineup introductions. What if I threw the freaking into Kevin Durant's introduction? I like it. I like Number it. Number 35, Kevin freaking Durant. How about, how about at 5.09 a.m. <laughs> next time the Suns play, we'd ship Jared out for a live update from Footprint Center in the dark. I'll do it. I do yeah. uh, I do appreciate that when television stations Oh, it do. happened. <laughs> oh, it did. I was sitting here they, astounded. They do that uh, just for, the, I mean, they could do green screen and just have like a picture Easily. of it in the background. Easily. Yeah, probably no, it's, it is kind of funny. Uh, before we get back to KD Day. Mm-hmm. Can we revisit something? You said the circus is back in town. In some ways, the circus never left, Bick. I'm Jared Carlin. This is an update that I forgot I had to do. I was talking to Lauren back here, and we're getting to the end of the break. Oh my and I hit the op- and <laughs> I hit the uh, update music, and I look at Lauren, and then I look, and I go, oh, no, that's me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, you get into routines on the show, and uh-huh. it's usually hit the music. Sarah goes. I have, like, a minute and a half to get the next thing ready. and yeah, <laughs> But still flawless. That's the beauty. It's amazing that I could do that and still be so flawless. Was it, thing. though? Oh, yeah. I'll go Blackhawks yeah. That's, that's the word everyone did. Yeah. Four to one. Nick Schmaltz contributed with a goal and an assist. And yeah. the Coyotes also play tonight. They play the Dallas Stars. And you can hear that on ESPN 620 pregame at 6 p.m. And the Arizona Diamondbacks fell for That's pretty good, right? Yeah. 
Compared to the other dreck you've put out there today. <laughs> Just wait. We're only halfway through the show. It's going to get worse and worse. The uh, one of the things one of the things that's very interesting about all of this is is how we have how we have evolved as a society and as a bunch of sports fans in terms of what is presented to us as news and and what is our daily discourse. Uh, this morning on ESPN, they went back to talking as they always do about LeBron James and the Lakers uh-huh. as always and it, it's to the point it's beyond nauseating it's almost laughable now because they don't they don't cover the Boston Celtics this way some some dude called in and said why don't you ever talk about now his team was the Bucks. why don't you ever talk about the Bucks? and Max Kellerman came out and said well look we've got data research that shows us people don't want to talk about the Bucks. they'll talk about Giannis but they don't want to talk about the Bucks. all they want to talk about is the hits the hits the hits and, and you you say to yourself, this is really indicative of where we are at culturally, because the the news feeds that we now kind of um, dive into individually and personally, we all create our own little cocoons now. And and our our worldview has shriveled each of us dramatically because we are all left to our own devices. We are all left to go find out the news and the information and the visuals and the stories we want to hear. And so no longer are we subjected to the full view, the 360 view that tended to used to be the media's number one role. Provide a 360 view that gives you the perspective to understand the things you like. Now it's just give me the things I like. And so if you were a Nuggets fan, have you ever heard of anybody in the running for a three-time MVP who has been talked about less than Nikola Jokic? No. No. No, you won't. The Phoenix Suns, last year it was part of our story. Without Kevin Durant, when is this team ever going to get any attention? Right? It was that fight for respect. And it, then they finally got attention, but only because they fell short exactly. of the goal. And, and, yet, and yet there are markets like Dallas with the Cowboys, Los Angeles with the Lakers, where it's all the big shows talk about. So what's happened now is that instead of networks and information providers and news networks providing the 360 – Providing the context you need to understand the the lesser stuff that's important to you, you are just getting force fed what you want to see um, on a daily basis. So what's happening is you feel happy because you think you're getting what you want, but you're actually getting a much more narrow view than you should. And as a result, nothing is growing. You're just feeding the existing fan base what they want. Yes. You're not growing the whole because you're not giving the 360. With the Suns and Kevin Durant, they've got the 360 now. Because everybody is going to pay attention to the Phoenix Suns because of Kevin Durant. This will be the lead story on all the sports shows tonight. Yeah. Every game they play will be a will be a big deal. Well, I mentioned it too when when this trade went down and we had Nick Ferdell on and I, I asked Nick, hey, are you the Suns beat writer now? And he didn't have an answer on that, but... He's not going to be spending time with the Brooklyn Nets the rest of the way. <laughs> right. He's going to be spending a lot of time with Kevin Durant and the Suns, which can be a blessing and it can be a that, curse. But to your, I mean, it's such a fascinating topic because it's got to be frustrating for fans who choose to partake in national media because you're not getting national media. You're getting specialized media from, from the national perspective. Yep. And I had the same reaction you did. Earlier in the week, you know, when, when the Lakers came back and beat the Mavericks on Sunday, everybody on Monday morning was, are the Lakers resurgent? Are they throwing their hat into the ring into the Western Conference playoff 
picture. And then LeBron's hurt and he's out for a couple weeks. And today it was, can can the Lakers stay afloat without mm-hmm. LeBron? They barely are afloat. I mean, he's played 47 games this year and they're not a playoff team. Meanwhile, there's all sorts of great stories percolating everywhere that do not get the light of day. And, and it's and, really a shame. And it's- your point on that guy that called up and complained about, no, don't talk, uh, uh, you don't talk about the Bucks. Consider that a blessing. Let them fly under the radar. As much as a team who won a championship two seasons ago and has arguably the best player in the world on its roster, mm-hmm. and by the way has won 15 games in a row, let them go under the radar. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's something we've been on the losing side of this equation for many, many years because the Phoenix condition does not appeal to a national fan base. But now with Kevin Durant, they do. Because yes. Kevin Durant has got his own story. He's got his own drama. He's got his own legion of critics. People are going to be talking about this thing. We, we don't those days of feeling like we're not getting our fair sh- shake from the national media. They're over with. Yeah. And, and like you said, for better or worse. You might, you might, we might all end up going, we liked it better the other way. I kind of had that, that reaction last year and that whole reaction of when things were going really swimmingly for the Suns, hey, they're not getting their respect. I don't care anymore. Like, if you want good Suns content, <laughs> uh-huh. content, keep it here. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well, it's Marauder, <laughs> Kellen Olsen, Gambo, Bickley. What else you need, man? Yeah, that Luke Lipinski guy. You ever heard of him, Jared? Oh, my God. Jared's a big fan. He's a huge fan. <laughs> we get, we send him out at 5 a.m. in the dark somewhere. <laughs> Coming up next, the Kevin Durant midseason trade. Easily the biggest midseason trade ever made by the Phoenix Suns, but not the only big one. How have the others worked out historically? We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I've seen him on different teams play a little bit of a different style than we do and you know you want to know why and why were you so comfortable with that and maybe it's something that we can integrate into what we do Uh, and so I've said this from the jump you know with all these new guys I've had to take a step back and just have an open mind about how we can play as opposed to how we play and just forcing that onto not just Kevin but Terrence and Bays and TJ. Nice to have that flexibility as a head coach when you add a piece like Kevin Durant, and that becomes a reality tonight for Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns. Almost three full weeks after the Suns pull off the trade to get Kevin Durant. We'll see him take the floor for the first time against the uh, Charlotte Hornets, a game you can hear right here on uh, the Arizona Sports app at mm-hmm. 98.7. 5 o'clock tip, 4.30 pregame uh, as we're all getting uh, very excited to finally see what this looks like. But I also started thinking about the past, Bick. When this trade went down, everybody always, you know, tries to uh, revisit or, you know, diagnose. Was this the biggest midseason trade in the history of the NBA? It might be. Uh, it's certainly the biggest one in Phoenix Suns history. So I'd been thinking about it. And yesterday I started writing about it and researching it. The other big midseason trades mm-hmm. that have gone down in Phoenix Suns history. Uh, and the blanket statement here is some of them have worked. Obviously, none of them have led to the ultimate goal of a championship. Some of them have been flat-out disasters. Mm. Um, 
starting with 1972, going all the way back to Charlie Scott, who the Suns got in a trade from the Celtics. He only played six games. Charlie Scott ended up getting traded back to the Boston Celtics for Paul Westfall and then beating the Suns in the, their first trip to the finals. Uh, that was kind of a mixed bag. But, you know, you got names like Truck Robinson, um, who was a huge trade. And I found these these quotes from an old issue of Sports Illustrated. This piece, by the way, is now up on ArizonaSports.com if you want to go down memory lane. Uh, Jerry Colangelo said in 1979, when the Suns uh, traded Ronnie Lee, Marty Burns, and a first-round pick to the New Orleans Jazz for Chuck Robinson, who had put up gaudy rebounding numbers the year before with the Jazz. Uh, quote, on a scale of 1 to 10, our chances of going all the way before the trade were between 2 and 4. Now I'd say there's 7 or 8. That was Jerry Colangelo in 1979 wow. on the acquisition of Chuck Robinson, and I was... Actually, thinking about how familiar that sounds right now. Nobody said the Suns had no chance to win a championship this year, but it was a low number on that scale. Mm-hmm. Now the number is a lot higher. So that's higher kind than of, seven or eight. Yeah, it's been kind of the MO for the Suns in these deals in their history. Acquire that stud that they think is the missing piece to push them over the top, and it's still yet to happen. Yeah. And and this is probably yeah this is the the one of the boldest steps that that you can imagine. Like I said, it it's very odd for a team that's good to be for sale at a trade deadline, and then for the owner to get in as fast as possible to do something this dramatic. I, there's no precedence for this. Not not to this degree. No. Um, you know, in 1990, the Suns felt like they needed a physical piece. So early in the season, a rare December trade. They traded Eddie Johnson and draft picks to the Seattle Supersonics for Xavier McDaniel. And again, the quotes were, this is from Cotton Fitzsimmons, who was the coach at the time. We feel like we need this type of player. He's tough, physical, and an outstanding offensive rebounder, which is an area we need help with. The Suns were a good regular season team with Xavier McDaniel. He was awful in the playoffs that year, and they went out without a whimper and did not supply really anything that they were looking for when they acquired Xavier McDaniel and they traded him the next offseason. Wow. Now, I'm not, again, you know, Truck Robinson, great player. Xavier McDaniel, certainly a very good player. Kevin Durant's at a different level. Oh, yeah. But I just wanted to, like, examine the the history of this because this this is not the first time the Suns have been in this position to Mm -hmm. try to roll the dice to bring in a star player to push them over the top and maybe... Just maybe 55 years into this, mm-hmm. this is the one that, that finally catches lightning in a bottle. And and again, it's I do think, and I've I've said this before, I'm, I'm going to say this a lot because this is something we're going to monitor, how this team hits and how this team feels. The, the magic of this journey to date has been because of the homegrown feel, because so many people could name so many different favorite players. There was a time during the height of last year, uh, whenever, whenever the previous era Suns uh, peaked, I don't know when that would have been, but it might have been that one roadie they had last year with all those great victories in a in a row. Uh, wherever it was, and where, whenever they did peak, you could find Suns fans who would like Jay Crowder more than anybody, who liked Da more than anybody, who liked Book Chris mm-hmm. Paul. You, you, you could. Uh, uh, create a long list of of individual favorite players in the valley and and that was something that that just doesn't happen that that has to happen organically there's nothing organic about this 
This is a this is a very predetermined, aggressive approach to trying going and getting a championship, and it's and it's got a good chance of working because Kevin Durant gives the Suns exactly what they need. And and again, we saw it at the end of the NBA Finals against the Bucks, and we saw it in the last regular season game against the Bucks. the The need to have a second elite scorer who can create against championship caliber defensive teams and get their shots when these possessions matter more than anything in the world. And at the end of the 2021 NBA Finals, the Suns, for whatever reason, had one of those guys because of injuries to Chris Paul and all that. And that was and it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And now they've got two of those guys. And I like their chances. Again, I, I look I look in the West and I'm not exactly, I'm, I'm not real fearful of anybody. I mean, I, at a time you could have convinced me to be fearful of the Warriors pedigree. I, is that team going to get it together? Yeah. I mean, they are going to rely on that experience. Um, Clay Thompson is resoundingly answering the questions of whether or not he was, he, he was washed up. He's still really good mm-hmm. and they're winning some games, but. You know, I don't feel the same this year about the Warriors as I did last year about the Warriors. And I think a lot of their complimentary pieces that aren't there anymore or not contributing anymore, uh, that's going to hurt them. I agree with what you said. It may not be the Phoenix Suns, but from a competition standpoint and a freshness standpoint, Mm -hmm. whoever comes out of the West this year is going to be at an advantage going into the finals. Not saying that they're going to totally be a better agree. team. No, I totally agree with you. But when you look at what what could happen in the East with Philly, with Milwaukee, with Boston, and, and who knows, maybe there's a surprise team that makes life difficult for somebody else. Maybe that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. Maybe it's the Knicks. Who knows? But um, those teams will have earned their right to play in the NBA Finals and could have some battle scars when they get there. Oh, they're going to be right for the plucking is what yep. they're going to be is is my viewpoint on this. I, I don't think I don't think the West, even if the West is difficult, it's not going to be nearly as physical. And, and the brand of basketball, one team is going to end up getting the 76ers in the semis and then and and then because I do think it's going to be the Bucks, um at the top um, along with the Celtics and those are three again the those those are the kind of series that leave a mark and whoever gets out of the east is going to have maybe have a couple of them yeah yeah i totally, I, totally I, I think it's uh, this listen the opportunity is great this is this would be the time to do it which is one of many reasons why i'm wholeheartedly behind this move yep and it's amazing because when this thing went down Last summer, near the end of last summer, a lot of people, present company included, kind of threw up their arms and said, you know what? Forget this. Forget this flirtation with Kevin Durant. Let's just roll with what we got. I was right Come there, on. too. Yeah. We, we, I think most people were. Yeah. And then the then the year was kind of weird. It was up and down and up and down. And just when you thought, oh, these guys got nothing, then they get hot. And then, then you'd believe in them and they'd have some of those wonky efforts. And, you know, along the way, we've had a few blowouts that made people go, what is going on with this team? What happened to this mm-hmm. team? Right. So I, 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 I don't think there's a lot of people now who are on the effect, who are on the fence about what the Suns have done. I think there's also a lot of people who are like, come on, let's go. It's been three weeks yeah. since Kevin Durant, this trade went down. Not the first time they've had to wait, too. Shaquille O'Neal didn't make his debut for two weeks because he had, right? had a hip injury when he showed up. Well, everybody and- go read Vinny's piece. Yeah. 
All 2,400 words and of it. ArizonaSports.com. And maybe you Absolutely. get done with it and go, yeah, that was sure a piece. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, I already, no, come I, on, man. I already got some reactions like, I love you, Vince, but I don't need this trade history energy today. <laughs> <laughs> there was some good he said. <laughs> some good. That? It just hasn't worked and out. And it's never been at this yet. level, as you pointed that out. That is true. Uh, coming up next, we will get the thoughts of a legend on Kevin Durant's debut tonight. Al McCoy, the Hall of Famer, the legendary voice of the Suns, joins us next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. About the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Murata. Suns win. The Suns win. Now, About the Suns, driven by Sanderson Ford. Every week, it is our pleasure to welcome the legendary voice of the Phoenix Suns, the Hall of Famer Al McCoy. It's Al About the Suns, and it happens right now here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Al, it's a special day. Good morning to you. Well, it's D-Day, right? <laughs> D-Day for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, for so long, it, it seems like uh, a lot of us have been like kids waiting for Christmas morning, but it's finally <laughs> here. Uh, what do you expect to see I, other than a minute's restriction for Kevin Durant, which is kind of par for the course? What, what are you looking to see from KD tonight? Well, I think it probably is uh, ideal. Uh, they're going against a very weak Charlotte team, so uh, they can limit some minutes for uh, KD and let him uh, get uh, a, a little used to his teammates. And then, uh, really, uh, on to Chicago, a team that's struggling also. They can probably do the same thing. They should get those wins pretty easily. Uh, but the one that's going to count the last game on this road trip, yeah. and that's the one in Dallas. But it will be interesting to see uh, uh, the minutes that he plays tonight. But even more important than that is how he fits in when he comes on the floor and what the, the other four players are going to be uh, when he's on the floor. How do you think that flow is going to look? Because we know that Book and KD have got some Olympic experience together, and and we know these guys like each other, so there's going to be some selflessness. Uh, How how do you think the flow is going to look, Al? Well, you know, I said from the very beginning that I thought uh, that Durant really fit in with the Suns because of the way he likes to play the ball. I mean, he likes to run the floor. He likes to move the basketball. Uh, we all know about his scoring ability. We don't hear that much about his passing ability, but he has that in all phases of the game. So I really think that it's going to be a smooth transition. And, uh, you know, confidence is always the big thing we talk about in any sport. And I think he's going to raise that confidence level uh, for this Suns team uh, really up into the sky. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see, as I mentioned, first of all, I'm going to be anxious to see, uh, will uh, will Coach Monty start him with that unit? Uh, if he doesn't, who will he have playing alongside when he brings them in? Uh, that's going to be interesting to see. Al McCoy, our guest every uh, Wednesday to talk Suns basketball here on Bickley and Murata mornings. And I know when we, we spoke last week, Al, you said unequivocally uh, this is, in, in terms of midseason trades, maybe trades overall, this is the biggest one the Suns have ever made. I, I put together a piece on ArizonaSports.com looking at the history of the midseason trades, and it's been a mixed bag going back to Charlie Scott, Truck Robinson, KJ, Xavier McDaniel, Jason Kidd, Shaquille O'Neal were all acquired during the course of the season. Uh, does any of those come close to what we're about to embark on in your mind? 
Well, of course, we talked about Charles, and, and that was uh, in that category. Truck Robinson, who, of course, still lives here in the Valley, mm-hmm. uh, certainly was a great contributor and a big plus when he joined. But uh, I know that you both have talked about this a great deal the last couple of weeks. I don't think there's ever been a midseason trade uh, for anybody. I mean, there have been, going back years ago, trades in the NBA during the off season, But uh, during uh, the the season, this, this has to be up there as one of the biggest, certainly for the Suns. And I can't think of any for any team that was midseason. Do you think it's it's odd for a fan base, or do you think it's going to be d- different for a fan base to suddenly embrace a team that's not only features a brand new superstar, but there's other new faces who are on on the Suns, whether it's Darius Baisley, who's yet to play, Terrence Ross, who I think is going to be a rotational guy. Not sure what the plans of T.J. Warren are, but to go from a homegrown Valley Boys kind of mentality to this with 20 games left in the regular season, I'm not sure there's precedence for that either. Well, but we all know uh, Suns fans, as great as they are, they like to win. <laughs> and, uh, when they, and when they see uh, Kevin Durant out there and uh, this team starting to pile up victories, uh, they're going to be going along with it, believe you me, big time. You are so right on the money, Al. Uh, and, and that's what's made this interim three-week waiting period so difficult is that Suns fans were upset to lose Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson to the Nets and have had to watch them play for the last three weeks and play individually well. The Nets aren't winning a whole bunch, but I think a lot of that gets washed away as soon as the ball gets tossed and Kevin Durant's on the floor this evening. Well, I don't think there's any question about it. I think everybody's anxious to see what kind of condition he's in, uh, the minutes he'll get, the contribution he can make right off the bat. Uh, Those are all questions that could be answered on this road trip. And as I mentioned earlier, I think his time will be limited on the floor in these first couple of games tonight in Charlotte and then in Chicago. And then I think you got to go all out when you get to Dallas. And that's what's going to be really interesting. You know, what's also interesting to me is that, you know, uh, for a long period of time when the Suns were rolling hot the last couple of years, there were a lot of Suns fans who, who didn't think that the team got the, the the national attention they deserved. And Vinny and I talked about this earlier. The amount of attention they give the Lakers continuously is nauseating. Um, but that's going to change, isn't it, with KD? I mean, KD's one of those guys that people are going to talk about one way or the other. Oh, you're, you're no question about it. Obviously, the networks are only concerned with the big markets, uh, and that's why you get so sick and tired of the Lakers, and the Suns uh, never have gotten the recognition that they deserved even when they were going to the finals and, and the winningest team in the West. But they will now because they have a superstar, and uh, the media is going to be following closely and the Phoenix Suns the rest of the way. No question about that. Al McCoy, our guest here on Arizona Sports every Wednesday morning. And obviously this is uh, you know, the next few games, the next handful of games about acclimating Kevin Durant into the mix. But Bick and I have been talking about it. I, I, I'm going to venture a guess you're very much in agreement with us. What also is very important for the Phoenix Suns is to get that minutes played number down for Chris Paul. The fact that he played... Almost 40 minutes in that game against Milwaukee on Sunday. That is not sustainable, Al. How important do you think that is moving forward? Well, I think it's extremely important also. And hopefully that bench now and uh, with Payne back and and the bench a little deeper, uh, that will change. But I think we saw in that Milwaukee game also 
and we've talked about this before, the Suns in tight situations seem to always put it in the hands of Devin Booker. Now, that's great. We know the great player that he is. But sometimes you'd rather see them just come out and run a different play. Let somebody else take that last-second shot because the opposition knows the Suns are going to go with Book and they just team up on him. Now they can't do that because you've got another guy on the floor that can win the ball game. And that is going to be huge, I think, for the Suns, particularly when we get into the playoffs and we get into close games. Up until now, the defense would key on Booker because they knew that's who the Suns would have to go to. They can't do that any longer. All right, for a guy who's a walking historical archive of the franchise, what is your level of personal excitement for this, Al? Well, obviously, uh, having been with the Suns all these years, I like to see them do well. Uh, I've told people so many times, and we've talked about it, how fortunate we have been with all of the really great players that the Suns franchise has had. And when I say great, I'm not talking just about talent. I'm talking about as individual people that contribute to the, to the overall community. We've been so fortunate through the years to have so many of these great players. Now we have that, but we also have the talent. And uh, that's what's going to make these, these closing games and from here on out till the championship is decided extra special. Yep. Al, always a pleasure to talk to you. Enjoy tonight. We will talk to you next week. Okay, guys. Have a good day. Thank Thank you. Al Al McCoy, the legendary voice of the Phoenix Suns, joins us every Wednesday uh, to talk Suns basketball. It's called Al About the Suns. Coming up next, some developing news in the world of football. A prospect linked possibly to the Arizona Cardinals. At number three in the draft is in some hot water this morning. We'll give you the latest on it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's the Wednesday edition of Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Auction Community Studios. Taking you up till 10 o'clock today. Uh, a little sway off of basketball for a second. Some developing news this morning. Bick, you mentioned this earlier in the show. We've yeah. been talking, you know, Monty Ford spoke yesterday. Jonathan Gannon spoke yesterday. The Cardinals right now, the owners of the third overall pick in the draft. And Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, who some have as the best prospect overall in this draft class, mm-hmm. is in the news this morning and not for good reason. Um the reports out this morning, police have secured arrest warrants for former Georgia star Jalen Carter stemming from his alleged involvement in a fatal crash involving a teammate. Uh, the report on ESPN reads, the athens Clark County Police Department announced Wednesday that Carter will be arrested for reckless driving and racing. The announcement came hours after the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported that Carter was present at the scene of a January 15th crash and later provided shifting accounts of the wreck to police. Devin Willock, an offensive lineman for the Bulldogs and recruiting staff member Chandler LaCroix, were killed in what police initially reported as a single vehicle accident. Mm. Um, the police investigation has details. Uh, LaCroix was operating a vehicle at about 2.30 a.m., evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched between lanes, drove in the center turn lane, drove in opposite lanes of travel, oh. overtook other motorists, and drove to high rates of speed in an apparent attempt to outdistance each other. 
Evidence indicated that shortly before the crash, uh, LaCroix's vehicle was traveling at about 104 miles per hour, and a toxicology report indicated that LaCroix's blood alcohol concentration was at point one nine oh, seven. At point one nine seven, going 104 miles per hour. Which is almost Racing. amazing that there was any operation of any sort going on with that kind of impairment. Racing through a college town at 2.30 in the morning. Today is the, oncoming traffic. And today is the day that defensive linemen are scheduled oh, to take the podium Jaylen for the interview. Yeah, it was a matter to speak, I think, within an hour here. I do not think he will be speaking in Indianapolis today. This changes the top of the NFL draft, folks. Now, what Jalen Carter is facing here apparently are just a couple of misdemeanor charges. But, wow, you talk about character questions. A kid about to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. Now, what? how, how far, Ben, this is January 15th. So this is the middle of January uh-huh. when all this went down. Yeah, not long after Georgia won the national right. title. Yeah, and so we're talking about just really reckless behavior. And again, uh, we've all been college kids. We know the stupidity that go- comes with being a college kid. But but at the same time, you put all those things together, those are some troubling questions that, that I think are going to be uh, attached to Jalen Carter as we go forward, right? I mean, again, it, a couple weeks ago, it, it, this was this was largely he, this is a guy that was largely talked about as potentially being the next member of the Arizona Cardinals yes. defensive line. And Mel Kuyper has him as the number one prospect in the draft. Others do as well. So I wonder what that does now. Um, you know, when you now more than ever, and it's mm-hmm. always been part of the process. Maybe not so much in years past, but you have to when you're making an investment of this size mm-hmm. to college athletes coming into the NFL, one of the things you consider, character certainly, but also history of decision-making. And that is just, I mean, two people died because of decision-making. Bad decision-making. Uh, and Jalen Carter is going to be arrested as as, as part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right, that does change the top It'll of the It'll be draft. interesting because it's about six weeks away from the draft, and not one of those things that happened the day of or the day before the draft, sometimes when we see stories come out and people start scrambling and people start falling on the board, there will be a long time to sort of investigate this and sort of weigh the whole thing on how it impacts the draft. Yeah, uh, we just got a tweet sent to us from uh, Mike Jarecki, uh, somebody on the scene in Indianapolis. Matt Schneidman tweeted out, doesn't seem like Jalen Carter is showing up at podium number one here at the Combine with a bunch of media gathered to talk to him, but uh, nobody there. Wouldn't, yeah, and, and, and would be very surprised if he does take the podium at that Aaron point. Cox tweeted out that the NFL Network reporting Carter has not been spotted with his group the morning at all. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a no-go. I mean, because now, yeah, now the story has changed dramatically. I'd be surprised if he's even in Indianapolis still. I don't know. This is this is quite a this. Uh, you'd, you'd like to say this is unprecedented. It's not this, but this generally happens right when you get up to the draft, when people who have doxed some of these athletes decide to drop it. Right. And, yeah. The old gas mask. Oh yeah. Gag. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Laramie Tunsil. Not a pretty good career. Since, he adds, since, yes. Since all of that. Yeah, that's true. Although he's still languishing in Houston, Texas. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, yesterday spoke to the media and spoke specifically about the uh, defensive line 
that's in place or could be in place for the Cardinals. I like some of the pieces that we have. You know, I've talked to a lot of those guys. I think that uh, we just got to make sure that we're using them with things that they're comfortable with what we're asking them to do. I like the size and the length of our guys. Um, I like the versatility of some of our pieces. And, um, you know, it's, it's just like with Isaiah, we got to get on the grass and see what they're comfortable doing. And we got to get them in the right spots that they can have, you know, be successful. And one of those pieces that they may be considering but is not under contract is set to become a free agent is Zach Allen, who mm-hmm. I think everybody's in agreement. That's a piece that you need to bring back. Zach Allen, the, the year that he had, the way he's developed in his time as a Cardinal. Monty Austinfort spoke about a couple of pending free agents, Allen being one and uh, Byron Murphy being the other. Zach and Byron are both good players. Um, you know, we'd love to we'd love to keep them. There's obviously going to be a uh, financial component, component, a business component that comes into that. Those discussions will continue to take place over the next couple weeks as we approach the start of the league year. And you know, those are those are things that there's always a uh, we'd love to keep everybody, we'd love to, to pay everybody, and and unfortunately the way the league's set up, that's not always possible. But those discussions certainly are going to continue to take place. Uh, can I incite the masses here? With, yeah, with sure another do. Sound bite Please. from yesterday Please. from, from Monty Austin-Fort's media availability. Mm-hmm. He's the new general manager. He's been on the job for what? A month? Uh-huh. Somebody asked him about the uniforms. There's a lot of areas that are out of my areas of expertise, and I'd put that one up there, too. Um, I don't know. I like the bird. I like the Cardinal. It's, it's, it's uh, the same logo as my uh, high school way back in the day, so I, I kind of like it. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that. They'll tell me what's, uh, what's going on with the jersey when we get to it. Yeah, the Cardinal's not up for debate. That's staying. It's just the design of the unit. The jersey and the pants is what people have the problem with. And the helmet. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, listen, it, it, but again, I think that people have also realized that there are there are battles and wars, and there, there are wars that cannot yes, be won, and this is one of them. Last year during Newsmakers Week, when I asked Michael Bidwell about the uniforms, and he didn't seem all that thrilled to be answering that question. I didn't ask him this year. Yeah, people, two segments with him. People were expecting me to ask that question again, but yeah. <laughs> There are battles and there are wars. I yeah. learned that lesson. Yeah, Mick. listen. Yeah, they, right. So, I uh, so I think it, when it comes to when it comes to evolution and progress, don't expect the Cardinals to change their wardrobe much. But you have to consider this: it's all about selling merchandise and selling gear and making money and keeping it fresh. Mm. Cardinals have had those uniforms for since two thousand five. How much more of those jerseys are you going to sell? Well, yeah, I, and I, people who bought those are going to buy the new ones too. But but in a but in a weird way, this is I this is one of the things I admire about it because the Cardinals are clearly leaving a lot of money on the table because we know these altern, alternative jerseys and city edition jerseys yeah. they they they're merchandising gold mines and the Cardinals are like, no, we're good, we're sticking with the tried and true. So but even that, though it's but, aggravating to a lot of people, it's actually, you know, they're turning their backs on profit. That held water more once upon a time. Before, before this current uniform that they wore, mm-hmm. they were always steeped in tradition. The cardinal tradition is what it is. And then they changed those uniforms to coincide with the new stadium. That's 18 years of history. It's not that it's not that big of an emotional or historical investment, you know? Yeah. It's not like they're it's changing something that they've been wearing since the 20s. True. I'm speaking for the True. whole fan base now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that that subject comes yeah. up so much. I just uh, thought it was of all no, people, okay. Monty Austin yeah, got for, that for question. For to hear yesterday. that uh, in a in a in a foreign city is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's also interesting that Monty Austin Ford, his high school, he said was the Cardinals, right? Yeah. And Jonathan Gannon, his college was Louisville. 
Yes. The Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And now they're both the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, not Which, interesting is not the right word. Yeah, but no, it's, that's not interesting. No, a coincidence. Somewhat. Coincidental? Somewhat interesting. Uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you a little credit okay, on that, Jared. Okay, thank you. Good looking out. <laughs> Coming up next, we hit the 9 o'clock hour. We'll uh, delve into some social studies next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.